This podcast is brought to you by Learn Prime. Hone your development skills at learn.thoughtbot.com. Giant robots smashing into other giant robots. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Giant Robots Smashing Into Other Giant Robots podcast. My name is Ben Orenstein, and I'm here today with Greg Bogus. How are you doing, Greg? I'm very good. Thank you very awesome. much. Awesome. Welcome to uh, episode 99. It's, it's uh, awesome. I, it feels like a very special number. The odometer is about to roll over, and, and, and you're here for it. And Aaron Patterson's up next. That's right. It's pretty amazing to be able to... I guess, open for Aaron. <laughs> exactly. Warm people up the week before. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, perfect. So uh, we're here in Chicago. We're at RailsConf, last day of RailsConf. And uh, you gave a talk at the conference. Yeah. I had actually seen your talk at uh, Business of Software okay. maybe six months ago or so. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was really good, and I had the thought at the time, like, oh, we got to get them on, and then just sort of didn't really happen. But now I'm glad you're here. Cool. And I uh, kind of wanted to dive into that. Yeah, I'd love to talk about it. Cool. Can you maybe just start by giving like, a quick summary of what you talked about? I know it's like some heavy stuff, but maybe just walk us through it a little bit. Yeah, for sure. So at Business of Software, I gave a talk called Developers, Entrepreneurs, and Depression. And I started speaking about that about a year and a half ago. Uh, I have type 2 bipolar and I have ADD. And I was diagnosed with that about seven years ago. And I kind of took the ADD and, and was in pretty big denial about the bipolar. Mm. And I had failed out of school and I had bounced from job to job and, and you know, was totally broke. And it just felt like I was always letting friends down and sleeping 16 hours a day. And so I finally got treatment after like two years of, of fighting that diagnosis. And I take a pill every morning now. I take a stuff called Lamictal, which is a mood stabilizer. Mm. And life got better. Like, it got way better. And, I, I mean, I still have highs and lows. Like, I'm not, I don't feel uh, like a giant robot. Um, <laughs> you know, and I still have days when I'm depressed, but I can still show up to work and, like, get stuff done. Mm. And I'm no longer incapacitated by them. And, and they're days. They're not weeks or months anymore. So that's kind of the abbreviated version of my story. But that's why I started talking about it, though was about a year and a half ago we had a guy that I worked with at Table XI and I paired with him he was a new developer and he just taught me a ton and he was amazing uh, but I started noticing a lot of the same behaviors that I was doing you know like he'd, he'd call in sick uh, last minute a lot and, and was missing work and the excuse was a little different every time but he always seemed to have a happy face on and and so I told him my story and he opened up and, and kind of said yeah you know I think I might have the same thing too but it's not like I'm going to cold call a bunch of psychiatrists from the Yellow Pages. And, you know, we helped him find someone to meet with, and he set up an appointment for a couple weeks out. And that was on a Friday. On Thursday, he calls in sick, and he sends me an email. He says he's having a rough few days, uh, but he's just going to focus on making it to his appointment. And then I come in on Monday, and Josh, our CEO, uh, calls me in. I was working for this company called Table XI, this consultancy in Chicago at the time. And he's like, I have really bad news. Uh, he said, Caleb died over the weekend um, and you know we found out later on that he had been struggling with addiction for quite a while it was an unintentional overdose and he had missed his appointment because he was out of money and here's this kid he has you know he's an incredibly talented developer uh, he should be making $120,000 a year and on the day he dies he doesn't have a hundred bucks to see a psychiatrist mm-hmm. I was scheduled to give a talk at the office, and, and so I was t- going to talk about using genetic algorithms to beat fantasy football. Uh, and so I went to the guys, I was like, hey, how about I just get up, and I'm just like, hey, I have bipolar, I think Caleb maybe had something similar, uh, if you want to talk about it, let me know. And I did that, and two or three people came up to me within the next couple of days and were like, hey, can I get a referral to somebody or whatnot. Um, I applied to a bunch of conferences, 
thought maybe we'd get accepted to one or two. We got accepted more than that in, in some time last year, speaking at various uh, mostly Ruby conferences across the country, and I got to go to Scotland and stuff. And, and what totally blew me away was, you know, I figured that there were more people you know, the, like me who were struggling with this and, and didn't have anyone to talk to or were ashamed of the stuff that was going to happen. Mm-hmm. What I've been totally blown away by is how many people there were. Like, I didn't expect that. And at Business of Software, it was one of the first times I asked the audience. I was just like, if, you know, if you struggle with this yourself, you know, could you raise your hand? And, you know, my guess is not everyone felt comfortable raising their hand, but and my guess was it was probably, you know, a fifth of the room or so uh, had gone through something. But then I asked how many of you have been affected this because of a family member or a coworker or a friend and everybody raised their hand. Mm. Uh, and that's what I didn't think about is the people who'd come up and say, my wife has this, or my really close friend has this, and I don't know what to do about it. Mm. And so that's, you know, that's uh, business software is amazing. And, and it's just been incredibly cool to be able to, you know, help in some way just by simply standing up being like, I have this thing and just encouraging people to talk about it. Cause it's, that's, what's really killing us is the fact that people just don't talk about this stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Something about this makes it really hard to admit. Yeah. Right. Like, like you said, you mentioned the shame and I think that's totally there. And so it was, it was striking to me as an audience member when you gave that talk of how potent it was just that you walked up there and just were saying these things. And like that kind of set the tone for the whole thing. And everyone was, we were like, we were like in rapt attention from that moment just because like, wow, like he just like went up there and was like laid this out there. And it's interesting how something that's so prevalent and, kind of, and has affected so many people in the room, even just admitting this thing could still be so powerful. Yeah. And still so difficult. Yeah. I think it's especially difficult for developers because our whole livelihood and our identity is kind of rooted in how well our brain works. Yeah. So to admit that it might be malfunctioning or consider that is like really scary. Yep. And you don't want to go tell a coworker like, hey, I don't have control over my brain, you know, and, and you really want to to believe that you have full control over that. Then we have this American culture, which says you just need to pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Like you need to try harder. Like we have that that Protestant work ethic that says don't be lazy, you know, and and just muscle through it. And then there's just the stigma surrounding illnesses that affect the brain that is not the case for anything that happens below the neck, you know? So I wouldn't feel ashamed standing up on stage saying I have diabetes or saying that I have cancer. Yep. No one would be like, are you using that insulin as a crutch? It's just very different. And uh, But what I will say, though, is that especially in the beginning, every time before I got up on stage, I'd be really afraid of people's reaction. Like, I was afraid I would be shunned. Mm. Um, it's been the exact opposite. Like, that fear has been totally unfounded. I have made such awesome relationships in the last year that I wouldn't have before. Yep. I had so many people reach out and like encourage me or people offer to check in if I'm having a rough day. And then there's just like the satisfaction of knowing that I'm helping others with this too. So if there are people who are pissed off or who don't want to talk to me because I've been talking about this publicly, like I haven't heard from them, you know, like I've yeah. been really surprised by just the incredible outpouring of support from people. Like we have this perception that people are going to shun you, but in my personal personal experience that that hasn't been the case it's crazy to me how often we can get that so wrong like I personally how many times I've gotten that completely wrong like the thing I'm worried about in reality is the opposite and you can just be so mistaken about how things are going to be received or what the response is going to be yeah, and you know, one of, especially with depression, like one of the hardest parts about this is accepting the fact that your brain's actually lying to you at times. Yeah. So it's like if your brain is malfunctioning and you're using your brain to diagnose the health of your brain, mm. like how can you trust that? You know, so especially when you're depressed, your brain's going to lie to you. 
And one of the ways in which it lies to you is to tell you that bad things are going to happen if you share this with people. Hmm. But people I've found are actually like pretty good, you know, and, and pretty empathetic, more empathetic than and sympathetic and supportive than we would expect. Mm -hmm. So what are your goals with the talk? Like, what do you really want to see happen? Yes, yeah, um, I struggled with that because I didn't really know in the beginning what that was. So my goal is to get people to talk about it, quite simply. You know, I, and then if someone is struggling with this stuff and they're wondering if maybe I should see someone, maybe I shouldn't, I would love for them to set up an appointment with a professional, whether that is a psychiatrist or a therapist. But more than anything, I mean, that all starts. I just want people to know that if they're going through this, if they have this health condition, you know, like this biological condition, yep. they don't have to feel ashamed about that and that it's okay to talk about it with other people and it's okay to talk to a professional about mm -hmm. it. Uh, I mean, we have really good methods of treating this stuff, but the reason why people don't get to those methods is because of the shame and because of the stigma that surrounds mental illness. Mm. Yeah, I think it's also, pro I don't know if this is an explicit goal of yours, but I think it's great for people to see someone admit this and also having coped with it successfully. Yeah. To show, like, show a positive example. Yeah, and I have to be careful with that sometimes too because like my story is really, I, I'm so fortunate. I got on the right meds the first time. Um, I actually met my wife the same day that I set up my first appointment and she has just been incredibly helpful. The meds work really well for me and mm -hmm. there haven't been side effects. And so I have to be careful sometimes of not painting this as a like, hey, all you need to do is set up an appointment with a psychiatrist and life's going to be great. Yeah. Uh, there are, you know, I've talked to a lot of people who have had really bad experiences or they got on meds they didn't work or there are like rough side effects and people are trying to choose between really tough options of, of being not depressed but also having this other new thing enter their life that they don't like. Uh, I've also talked to a lot of people who have experiences like, a lot like mine, you know, who saw a therapist, it helped a lot, got on uh, the right meds and they helped a lot. But that all starts, like, whatever that path is, like, that all starts by seeing a professional who has, like, gone to school for this stuff and who is, like, totally. rooted in science and uses the scientific method to actually, which we tend to like. We Like, as developers, we tend to like science mm -hmm. in most cases, except mm -hmm. for when we're talking about psychiatrists. Um, mm -hmm. And then we're like, oh, that's just quackery, you know, but hmm. um, it's medicine. Like, they're doctors, you know. Yeah. What, did you have a particular instance where it was the hardest example of where you were like, I'm going to disclose this stuff, I'm going to talk about what's going on with me? Is there anything that stands out? When was it the most difficult to like tell somebody? Mm -hmm. um, I think that it was probably before I had words to describe what was happening. Mm. There is an extent to which having the diagnosis made it a little bit easier to talk about because before the diagnosis... I just thought I was a lazy bastard. Mm -hmm. Like all I knew was that I was smart enough to say graduate school, but I was sleeping all day long and I never did homework. Uh, I, I never studied for tests and that is laziness for me. So that would be really hard to tell people because I'd end up lying a lot about like, why didn't I make this appointment? Like, oh, this thing, my car broke down. No, my car didn't broke down. I just didn't get out of bed till two o'clock, you know? Mm. Once I got the diagnosis, then it was a little bit easier to be honest with people because I could say, hey, it's not me. It's this thing I have. Mm -hmm. uh, and it was able to shift some of the blame to something that I didn't necessarily control. 
so it was that was still hard and I still find like times when I'll be in conversation with people I'm like hey I have by and like my brain's been like what what are you doing but I would say that was actually a real blessing to actually have that diagnosis and, and once I could have that diagnosis easier to talk about mm. and is it kind of easier every time yeah for sure um, and that is made especially easier because you know like every time someone like you says hey I saw this and appreciate what you did like it gets easier every time you yeah. know first couple times I gave the talk absolutely for me on stage my brain's like what are you doing but people have been so nice like people have been so encouraging and then getting emails from people who say like hey I set up an appointment with a psychiatrist because I saw your talk and, and it described me mm. like whatever cost there has been to disclosing this uh, which really has been minimal uh, if anything that's offset by like the fact that like people are getting help and it's, that's just amazing to be able to be a part of that in some yeah. way and it's great that we are in a world and a technology era where you can get that message out so freely. It's incredible. I mean, ten years ago, if I like, I would be able to talk to dozens of people about this. Yep. And uh, now with the internet, it's a lot more can hear that. Yeah. So speaking of which, uh, you have a couple things you're doing of that nature. Uh, one is you are writing or have written a book. Yeah, I am writing, uh, which is I have a lot of people email me and then they have some questions. And then there's some standard answers that I thought would be helpful to just to kind of wrap up and put some place. So I started blogging. I really enjoy blogging, and I don't really know how to write a book. Uh, I've never done that before, so I figured that I'm just doing it on LeanPub, and I'm just taking some a bunch of blog posts I've written. You know, I want to tell my story and then have some just tips and some best practices that I've learned along the way. So things like how do you find a psychiatrist? You know, what, what are the different kinds of meds? Like what is therapy like? Uh, and then I'm just collecting some stories from some other developers who have gone through this because yeah. I think more than anything what I've seen to help is just seeing that you're not alone in that regard. Yeah, totally. And then devpressed.com. Yeah, so devpressed is basically a discourse instance that I set up after the first couple times I gave the talk. Mm -hmm. I was concerned at first that I started getting emails from people that I wouldn't just wouldn't have enough time to like give those people the attention that they deserve. Yeah. So I set that up just as a place to so say, hey, you're not alone. In fact, look over here at this forum. There's a hundred other developers who are sharing their stories, and I was hoping to kind of build a self-sustaining community. In all honesty, I've been pretty negligent on that front in the last few months, but there are a couple people who have stepped up and who have picked that up and helped maintain it and moderate it and whatnot, which is super cool. But the goal there was to, to build a community or build a place where people could talk about this without me having to be the center of it. Mm -hmm. uh, I would love to start a conversation and then kind of get out of it and, and let people help one another in this regard. Mm. Yeah. So you work at Twilio now? Yeah. And you're a developer evangelist? Yeah. Did you worry that this might interfere with your, your mission of being like, you know, the person that everyone looks at and talks to and all that as a representative of Twilio? Yeah, you know, it's, it's interesting. Twilio's mission is to aspire and equip developers to change communications forever. So, like, we believe that the more we communicate as a society, the better our society gets, mm. right? And so one of the ways we do that is by helping developers integrate uh, SMS and voice into their apps. So we can provide tools for the world to communicate more. Mm -hmm. But then we also are really interested in, uh, like I personally am interested in, helping people talk about better things, you know? And so uh, what good is it to have these tools to communicate if we're just talking about surfacey stuff? Mm. And so I really see kind of tangentially in that regard in the changing communications. I would like to change the things that we talk about in this regard to be able to have it be okay to come to a conference and talk about deeper stuff. Mm -hmm. And so we have these great tools. It makes it really easy in a few lines of code. You can send text messages. But you can't 
program if you are crippled and in bed. You know, and that's the spot I was in for a long time. Uh, and so if your brain's not working, it's really hard to write good code. Mm -hmm. So, you know, programmers, you can't really sell to them or market to them. Like, they're pretty savvy once they see that. It tends to turn off. And um, So Twilio's goal has always been to, on the evangelism front, is to put developer evangelists into cities and have them serve the tech community with the belief that if the tech community grows and, and programmers are healthy, they'll produce more apps. And we're not, we can't twist someone's arm and be like, build text messaging into your app, or build a phone calling into your app. We just hope that if they decide they need to do that, they think of us first. Yep. And so the more developers we can get up out of bed and get functioning and get healthy, the more apps that will be created, and some of those apps will need communications. Uh, and so uh, I, I feel like this has actually been an amazing, and it's why I came to work for Twilio is, among other things, it gives me more opportunity to talk about this mm -hmm. stuff. Yeah, makes sense. So is there a particular version of the talk you gave that you would recommend if someone wanted to watch it? The business of software one was the one I feel like went best. Okay. So. Yep. Uh, and that's it. It's at bagus, B-A-U-G-U-E-S dot com slash depression. And that is the talks there and then some of the other blog posts that I've written there mm -hmm. uh, are on there about how to find a psychiatrist and whatnot. Yeah. What's, uh, what's next for you? What's next? Uh, I just started at Twilio two months ago, and it's just been so much fun. Like, I, I kind of can't believe that this job exists. Like, I basically get to go to meetups, and I get back to coding every day, and I get to write more, and I get to speak more about other topics. So the talk I actually gave here was on WebRTC, uh, and I wasn't actually talking about the depression oh, okay. stuff. Yeah, sorry, I didn't realize that. No, no, that's totally fine. But that's been really fun. Um, and my old job at TableXI... I was a lot more customer facing and wasn't really able to write code as much. And they were so supportive and letting, like paying for me to travel and speak and whatnot. But it doesn't make sense for a 35 person consulting company to have a full time evangelist. So now at Twilio, I, I can get back to coding every day. I get to spend a lot more time just building relationships with developers. And, you know, I, I love speaking about depression, but I feel like the reason why I have credibility amongst developers is because I am a developer. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't want to just be like the depression guy, you know, and Twilio gives me an opportunity to maintain credibility and to keep programming, which I love doing. Yeah, absolutely. Anything else we should cover while I got you here? Uh, there's a couple other people who are doing good stuff too. There's a guy named Ed Finkler. Uh, he's Funkatron on Twitter, and he gives a talk called Open-Sourcing uh, Mental Illness, mm. um, and I'd recommend checking him out. Uh, there's Engine Yard also is doing a thing where they're trying to sponsor speakers who want to speak more about this, mm. and so that initiative is called Prompt, uh, to prompt a conversation. Mm -hmm. So it's prompt.engineyard.com, and so if you're interested in speaking about this, I mean, I would love in a year to be able to go to a conference and have people be like, oh, man, I wish we, I could get through, like, one conference without someone telling their story about depressing stuff. Because, like, then it's like we won, you know? Like, mm -hmm. then I would love for this to be common, commonplace. So, right. Um, lose the stigma entirely. Yeah, yeah. And we've had, you know, times at conferences when, like, Ed or I have spoken and then someone else gets a lightning talk, you know, the next day or something. Yep. And they're like, oh, hey, I have this thing, too. Uh, so mm -hmm. I that happened even in business and software. That's right. Like later speakers would say, and just so you know, yeah. as an opener, you know, I'm, I've dealt with some of this stuff too. I'm yeah. also happy to be a resource if you want to talk to me or reach out. And like, there's no way that would have been said without you know your talking. It's so awesome. Yeah. So that's cool to see. Yeah, and I would say you know if you're struggling with this or you have struggled with it, 
I would just encourage you, if you feel comfortable getting up and, and chatting about it in front of some people or writing a blog post, because it's, A, it's been incredibly beneficial for me just to hear from other people, but it's incredibly beneficial to others too, and it's just like a really special thing to, to be able to be a part of that. Awesome. Well, thanks for coming by and talking. Yeah, thank you so much, man. I, I really appreciate it. Yeah. So if you'd like to access the show notes for this episode, you can go to thoughtbot.com slash giantrobots slash 99. Thanks for listening. Thank you.